And welcome back to another edition of Harris's Sports Take. This is the first college basketball episode on this podcast, and I am so excited to do it. But I haven't done many in the past because I haven't felt like we've gotten a good idea of who our contenders and pretenders are for the greatest tournament in the world, the most exciting three weeks of sports, March Madness. It is so close, and I feel like as we get closer and closer and closer, as games go by, weeks go by, we get a better idea of who has a chance to make it to Minnesota, where the Final Four is located. So in this episode, I want to focus on two things. My Tennessee Volunteers. Has it been Rocky Flop, Tennessee? I don't know what's happened. And I also want to focus on... No one else but Zion Williamson and his injury through the shoe, what it means for his future and what it means for the Duke Brew Devils, the, for Duke's remaining 2019 season. So let's start out with the former number one team, my Tennessee Volunteers. We look incredible in November. We beat Louisville, and in December, we beat Gonzaga. And we lost a close one to Kansas, but we really played well. And as the, as, as the calendar hit 2019, they only climbed the rankings. They gradually climbed and climbed, and they eventually hit number one. But what was so frustrating throughout Tennessee's number one reign is that we didn't play anybody. So I had no idea if we were actually the number one team in the country. We could barely beat Vanderbilt. We could barely beat Alabama. We were still having these not-so-great teams, these unranked, average SEC teams, come into Thompson Bowling Arena and give us a 12-point game. It was ridiculous. I loved Tennessee's team to start the season. I loved what we were doing with Williams and Schofield pounding the rock, hitting the shots on the perimeter with Bowden and Turner and Jordan Bone. I loved what Rick Barnes was doing, and Rick Barnes has still done an incredible job with this program, but it's just so fascinating because as Tennessee now plays good teams towards the end of the season, they just flat out flop. I thought we were Final Four material, but against Kentucky and LSU, we've looked like a team that could barely get out of the Sweet 16 at best, and I think if we don't get to the Final Four, Season is a disappointment because of what we could be. Grant Williams isn't touching the ball enough in the paint. He hit five shots yesterday against LSU, I believe. Unacceptable. We have to find ways to get Grant Williams the basketball. And in the past two games, the past two games against real teams, Vanderbilt's not a real team. They're not good. Kentucky and LSU, we have gotten torched by athleticism and quickness. Kentucky and LSU have figured out how to beat Tennessee. They have spilled the beans for the rest of the country. P.J. Washington got so many rebounds against Tennessee. Kentucky played so physical. They were long. They made it a dogfight, and that eventually defeated us. And Tennessee just isn't quick enough on defense. On defense, they can't handle the speedy, flashy guys. Javante Smart, he beat us off the dribble every time it felt like towards the end of the game. Skyler Mays was doing the step back, 
splitting the defender, all that. We had no defensive pressure. So the code has been cracked. Out athlete Tennessee and use your agility to your advantage and you will take down the Vols. But I know I've been negative on Tennessee for the first four minutes of this, but not all is lost. I think we have lots of work to do to get back to final four potential. But the reason why that it is possible for Tennessee to get that far, not maybe not as likely as it seemed a few as it was a few weeks ago, but still possible is because we have Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield. Those guys can flat out play. We have we are balanced all across the board. We have no super, super, superstar who's that much better than everybody else. We have guys who are capable for 20 points, ignite, but just having that talent isn't going to get it done. So what needs to happen for Tennessee to get back to what they were in December? Get back to that final four looking team that beat Gonzaga in Louisville and played really well against Kansas. First, value the basketball. We were so sloppy against Kentucky and LSU. It just felt like everything was a mess. And LSU looked less sloppy against Tennessee, and LSU didn't even have Tremont Waters, their offensive facilitator. So, not a good look. When the team is turning the ball over and the ball has glue on it, and the ball is just, it's slimy and you can't really touch it, and it's just, it's just every pass just isn't crisp, the whole team gets discombobulated. The offense doesn't flow smoothly. We take bad shots. We hit some of these bad shots, but you can't always rely on these fadeaway jumpers that Admiral has hit or Bowden can hit or Jordan Bone, these pull-ups, fadeaways, all of that. You can't rely on them to get you wins night in, night out. Maybe one night, maybe even two nights. The reason why it was close yesterday was because Schofield was hitting these ridiculous shots. But the reason why Tennessee got to number one, the reason why they beat Gonzaga in Louisville is because they attack the basket. Don't just pull up and chuck up bricks. Attack the basket. Use Grant Williams' strength. Use Admiral Schofield's upper body, tight end-like build, and get to the free throw line, slow the game down. And once, and once our big guys are actually contributing where they need to be, it opens up the whole floor for Jordan Bone to penetrate to penetrate, and for Bone, Bowden, and Turner to hit their open threes. So in order for Tennessee to have a chance to get to the Final Four, they have to do those things. But if Tennessee wants to win the national championship, they have to get consistent production from Kyle Alexander, Pons, and Fulkerson. These guys are in the game because they have roles. Kyle Alexander is not being asked to score 20 and 10. Kyle Alexander, you probably played the best half of your life against LSU yesterday. You were blocking shots. You hit a three, I believe. You were everywhere. Keep it up. You are six foot 11. Our team has no height. It's not talked about at all in college basketball. But Tennessee has no height. Grant Williams is probably about no bigger than 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, Schofield is not that tall either. And we play Bone, Turner, and Bowden. Those are all 
ones and twos. We have no big guy on our team. We have no Azabuki from Kansas or Hachimura from Gonzaga. We have nothing. We, we have nothing like that on our team. But Kyle Alexander has to be a force. He has to keep tipping the ball out, be strong on the glass, because that will be what puts Tennessee over the top. They really do have potential. It's just a matter of if the team wants to play good defense and if we can get things out of role players. That is so key. So my honest opinion of Tennessee is I'm terrified. I am really terrified, but I have not lost all hope. I still have this slither of hope that I'm carrying around with me. It might be hard to find at certain times, but it's still there. Because I know that if we play how we're capable of playing, we can go toe-to-toe against anyone in the country. It's just for whatever reason, they don't like to play the right way. They don't like to play basketball the right way ever since we ever since we went, went to Lexington, Kentucky and got our rear ends handed right back to us. It's just really strange. So the thing about role players not only impacts Tennessee, but it impacts the next team I'm going to talk about, the Duke Blue Devils, because Zion Williamson's injury. Before I talk about the role players, I want to talk about Zion's injury because I've heard both sides from report from reporters and analysts and NBA players, Zion should play, he's part of the team, they were recruited, fans paid money, etc., etc., etc. It's Duke, they're the best team in the country, don't give up on a national championship type season. And I've also heard Zion, protect your body, protect your health, get the cash, train, get healthy. So I've been conflicted over the last few days as what Zion should do. But I believe that Zion Williamson should play basketball for Duke if he is 125% healthy. Because you could say, Harris, not everyone is 100% healthy at this point of the season. People have knee injuries. People have bruises. They have bumps. They have lumps, whatever. But Zion Williamson's draft stock is because of his athleticism and his motor. And if his knees aren't holding up for it, that's an issue for his long-term health. Because uh, it's not like Zion is a shooter or a facilitator. Zion is as good as he is because of his God-gifted abilities. So if Zion doesn't have that, his NBA future is compromised. So this is a unique scenario where a player has to be extra careful because what makes their engine go, what makes them be at their best, is their motor. That's not true for all other players. No one is mentioning that. Everyone everyone would say, oh, number one pick. Any number one pick would just sit out at this point. But no, because if a number one pick can't dunk like Zion can, can't run like Zion can, if they're just a deadly shooter and a really crafty dribbler, then they could play through the pain more than Zion could. It wouldn't compromise their future as much as it could for Zion. It's just really unique. No one is talking about it. This man is 280 pounds. It's not like... It's not like any injury is just going to be able to walk off. He has to be really, really careful. I don't care if it's the national championship, two minutes left. If it's Duke UNC in the national championship, 75-75, 
I don't care if Zion's only 60% healthy and Coach K throws him in. Zion has to say no. It's not worth it, even if the stakes in college basketball are at the high of the high of the high. So Zion Williamson, Duke, if you're listening, do not come back until there is no signs of that knee injury happening again. Don't come back until that injury cannot don't come back until that injury cannot pop up again. So that leads me to the rest of Duke's season because just because Zion's injured, that doesn't mean that Duke can just quit. Duke is still a top team, but Duke has the potential to get to the Final Four if these things happen. Role players, just like Tennessee, Jack White, if he gets healthy, uh, Bolden, DeWarrier, O'Connell, who hit some huge threes yesterday against um, Syracuse, Trey Jones. If those guys, none of the, none of whom are a top three option, that is Zion, RJ, and Cam Reddish, if those not first options can score the basketball and play good defense and keep Duke in the game, it takes pressure off of Barrett and Reddish because teams are going to make the other guys beat them. Teams are not going to let R.J. Barrett single-handedly win the game. Teams are not going to let Cam Reddish hit five threes on them. It's going to have to be the other guys. Who's going to be the Grayson Allen of 2019? Who's going to be that guy? Because in that national championship, Grayson Allen had, I think, 15 points, but he was everywhere on defense. I remember that picture of him getting on the ground, getting the loose ball, getting the jump ball. Who is going to want it? more out of Duke's role players. That is ultimately what's going to propel them to the top. And if Zion was healthy, the role players role wouldn't the role players significance wouldn't drastically drop. I mean, you can have all the stars, but look at all the teams who win the championship. They have some type of role player that's significant. In baseball it's the bullpen. Kershaw can give you six innings, but if you don't have a bullpen, what good does that do? In basketball, who won the first who won the first uh, Warriors Finals MVP at the beginning of their dynasty? Andre Iguodala. In 2016, I believe, who was the one that won the Warriors the game when Curry and Thompson couldn't hit the side of a barn? Sean Livingston. So I know I'm getting off track off track here, but my point is role players matter. They play a huge role, even though it's just Maybe one thing. Maybe they might have to not. They might not have to do everything, but it is huge. So, I think Duke can still go really far because of what they showed me yesterday against Syracuse. But I don't know. So I don't know if. But I don't know if Duke is going to be smart with Zion in his injury. So, I've, I've talked about Tennessee. I've talked about Duke. Some teams that I think can get to the Final Four. This is not a prediction because I can't make a prediction until I see the tournament. I think LSU and Kentucky have a legit chance to get to Minnesota, and I'll tell you why. When they played against Tennessee, there was a certain energy that they showed that I haven't seen against Tennessee all year. I don't know if it was the crowd. It might have been the crowd, but they just wanted it so much more. 
Both those teams, they're so athletic. They're so quick. They don't have one superstar and another scrub, and the rest of them are scrubs. Kentucky, let me start with them. P.J. Washington and Reed Travis. Reed Travis, hopefully he can get healthy. He missed uh, the last game against Auburn. But Reed Travis is a fifth-year senior. He's not going to make those freshman boneheaded turnovers. And you have P.J. Washington, arguably their best player. He's only a, he's a sophomore. You might say, Harris, he's only a sophomore. He's only been there one year, one extra year before the true freshman. But sophomores are make a way make way less mistakes than freshmen do, it feels like. PJ Washington obviously has grown up. He's taken charge of that basketball team. He's been there a year, so he has a huge psychological and mental advantage over those freshmen because PJ Washington will not be scared of the moment. And what John Calipari has really done a good job of is finding a niche for Ashton Hagens, who can flat out play basketball. I know the stats aren't there. He's only averaging about eight points a game, but he's he's assisting the ball. He is making that Kentucky engine go. Hagens gets out on the break, makes the right play. He's really come along as the season has progressed. So Kentucky has all of these guys. Now they don't have a super superstar. They don't, I'm not saying any of their guys could be the next John Wall or Anthony Davis or DeMarcus Cousins or any of those guys, but they have so many good pieces. Tyler Hero, Keldon Johnson, Montgomery. They have all of these guys who can play. And Kalapari has done a heck of a job. And this happens every year with Kentucky. We've seen this movie before. They start out slow, happened last year, happened this year. This year they lost to Duke by like a 1,000 points. And then they lose a silly game in December. Kentucky lost to the Paul in December. No, Seton Hall. They lost to Seton Hall in December. But then as once the new year rolls around, they kick it in the high gear. That's exactly what happened this year. Kentucky beat Tennessee by 17 and... They beat Auburn by 27. They've kicked it into another gear. Kentucky also beat Kansas really badly. And Kansas has fallen off the map. Kansas might even be a a four or a five seed. They're not good. They can't, they just don't play as a team, it feels like. Azabuki got hurt, and Kansas has fallen off the map. Bill Self has to come up with some type of formula that can propel Kansas to get to to get deep in the tournament. And I just don't think it's Kansas's year. Really, last year was Kansas's year because of Devontae Graham and all those guys and Malik Newman and all the firepower that they have. Mikai Wu, he was great. But it would have been Kansas. It was Kansas's year, but it was Villanova's year also because last year's Villanova team was probably the one of the greatest basketball teams I've ever seen play in college sports. So we have lots ahead of us in college basketball. I hope Tennessee gets their act together. I hope this season just doesn't turn into a disappointment and we only make the Sweet 16, which wouldn't have been a disappointment at the beginning of this year, but they wouldn't have reached their full potential. Will Duke get it together? It seemed like they did against Syracuse, hostile environment, carrier dome. The team was fired up to play for Coach Beheim after the Tragedy that occurred on Wednesday. We all know about that when Beheim accidentally killed 
killed someone when he was driving. So Duke handled the adversity well. I think they were down at halftime, came back. O'Connell played well. So lots to look forward to. Will Kentucky and LSU live up to the hype? I think Kentucky can for sure. I think LSU has the potential to. Will Kansas get it together? I don't think so. But we're getting to the point where it's March, and in March, anything can happen. Who would have thought Loyal Chicago would have gotten to the Final Four? Who would have thought University of Maryland at Baltimore County would have beaten the UVA, Virginia, one of basketball's powerhouses? Who would have thought? Those are the words that come to my mind in March. So I can't wait for March. You should not be able to wait for March. Look out for more college basketball episodes. See you later.